Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. And hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture from Kansas City, the National Association Farm Broadcasting 75th Convention. And we have a busy couple of days here in Kansas City. A lot of guests lined up and a lot of people to talk to, issues to cover. And uh, we're very happy to have uh, on our program today, a little bit later on, USDA Undersecretary Bill Northey. We'll have RMA uh, Administrator Martin Barbary. We're going to talk with Colin Peterson, the House Ag Committee Chair-elect, if you will. Uh, he'll be joining us uh, in a few minutes to talk about uh, getting the farm bill done this year, hopefully, and uh, his thoughts moving forward uh, with the new Congress in 2019, now that the House has flipped back to the Democrats. And uh, we'll talk about some of those uh, pending issues for agriculture coming up. But we're very happy to start things off today with Richard Fordyce, the administrator of the Farm Service Agency. I bet you're glad to be back in Missouri. I am, Mike. It is. It's good to be. It's good to be almost home. Well, a lot going on. And uh, last time you and I talked, uh, not too long ago, you were giving us an update on how the the market facilitation program payments were going. Uh, what's the latest on that? Well, <clears throat> obviously, uh, lots of activity as it relates to that program. Um, you know, it was a program that was put together fairly quickly, and it was put together uh, as a response to uh, to. Uh, retaliatory tariffs that were imposed by our trading partners, um, you know, affecting a, a, a number of commodities. Um, you know, the most significant payment uh, from a commodity perspective is the soybean payment, which is a dollar sixty-five. Currently, um, it's a dollar sixty-five for uh, per bushel on soybeans for half of a producer's pr- production at this mm-hmm. point. Um, the secretary is going to make uh, make an announcement, a decision. Uh, on or around December 3rd as to uh, what or if that second payment and what the amount would be. So we knew all along that uh, a lot of producers would be waiting till harvest was done. Uh, while there is a lot of harvest done, obviously, there's still farmers still trying to get harvest done. So you still got some more to do on this first uh, round. We do. Uh, <clears throat> you know, we've urged, uh, we've urged producers to, to really not come in until – uh, until harvest is complete, because uh, you know how we trigger the payment is 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 total production, um, and we're asking producers to self-certify. So, you know, if you're a soybean producer, um, you finished harvest, you know that your total production, you know, was however many bushels. You come in and you tell um, you tell the folks at the Farm Service Agency, I had, you know, this was my total production for this year, and that's what that's what generates the payment. Again, it's. It's a dollar sixty-five per bushel on soybeans on fifty percent of your production, and we're waiting on that, waiting on that announcement on what or if that second payment will be. But you have other commodities too. We certainly do. So uh, wheat, grain sorghum, cotton, corn, pork, pigs by the head, uh, and dairy. Have there been? Have you seen it? amp up here each week that goes by more requests coming in then yeah we have uh, and we we anticipated that obviously um you know sign up began september 4th and uh the the pig number for example was was pigs on inventory on august 1 and so you know a, a pork producer could come in at any point and give that production number dairy was the same thing we were using historic production um uh, from you know four years back and uh and you know wheat Wheat harvest was kind of finishing up, but, you know, grain, sorghum, cotton, corn, and, and soybean harvest, producers needed to get that finished before they could come in. Um, you know, I've talked to a lot of people across the country, um, 
harvest is in different stages. You know, we've I, I've talked to producers here at NAFB that have said they haven't been in the field for two weeks. Right. So we're waiting on waiting on harvest to finish, um, and then uh, producers come in again, self-certify uh, that production. Well, kind of with the caveat that we will do some um, we'll do some random spot checks. The nice I think the nice thing about the spot check piece is that we are also in the application. The producer will list um, uh, what uh, what data they're going to use to support that production number. But we're going to include combine yield monitor. Uh, reports, um, even um, even grain cart scale reports. So, so we're trying to make it as uh, as easy for a producer to participate. Um, but we also have, uh, as we do with any program, we have that compliance um, issue that we want to make sure that we're making we're making the payment correctly. We're making the payment correctly to the right person in the right amount, and that we have uh, we have that compliance piece. The deadline for for turning that in is what. So the deadline for turning in production uh, is not uh, – you need to be signed up in the program um, by uh, January 15th. We know that there may be situations where harvest may not be complete by then. And so we're not, we're not asking producers to bring in production by then. But if they're going to participate in the program, they haven't finished harvest, then they do need to be in by January 15th talking with FSA Administrator Richard Fordyce. Now, you said we're waiting to hear the Secretary's announcement on what's going to happen with the, with the second round. Um, do you anticipate that if there is a second round of payments, it would be handled much the same way? It will, actually. Um, and and so, so if a producer has, has been in, and they've, if they're a pork producer, a corn grower, and a soybean grower, and they have brought their production numbers in, there is no need for them to come in after that second payment is announced. Um, because that'll just trigger that second 50% of production, and that will that will trigger that that piece of the payment. So they don't have to resubmit or anything. No. Then. no. Hmm. And oh, that's interesting. All right. Uh, do you feel that it has gone? The process has gone pretty smoothly. I mean, it's a pretty big undertaking. Do you think it's gone pretty smoothly? It is, and I I think it is. Um, you know, and that was that was the intent. And you know, when putting this program together, you know, the secretary wanted to make sure that we were paying on actual production. We were paying on 2018 production, um, but we also wanted to make sure that we were able to administer it in a in a timely way, um, and not uh, not overburden um, staff. You know, in our 2,124 county offices, uh, they've got a lot to do. Um, they had a lot to do before this program came out. And I guess a classic case of don't kill the messenger. How many times have you heard? It's not big enough to cover what we've lost. Well, um, a lot. And, you know, it's, uh, I mean, you know this as well as anybody, but, you know, agriculture is, is, a, is an economic powerhouse in this country. And, and when you have a disruption with trade from these retaliatory tariffs, you know, uh, we can't, as an agency, we can't make producers whole. Um, but we can help. We can help in in whatever way, uh, whatever way we can. But you know, it's um, um, you know, it's a situation of a response by the administration um, to to help um, to help producers with some with some meaningful payments. So again, we'll, we expect to hear on the second round when. So on or around December third. Uh, and uh, I know that the, I know those conversations are happening. Um, you know, we've got uh, the chief economist at USDA running models and looking at different scenarios. So, so the you know the background work is being done as to what that may be, and and so we're 
we're anxiously awaiting what the Secretary's decision is. Yep. Good to see you again. Good to see you, Mike. And uh, I know these are busy times for you, but uh, I'm glad you can get back into Missouri once in a while and uh, see some friends back here. Well, this has been, uh, I always enjoy NAFB. It's uh, it's a great time to catch up with friends and and uh, see what's going on other places around the country. All right. Take care, my All friend. Right. All right. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Richard Fordyce, FSA Administrator, an update on the market facilitation program. All right. Coming up next, we're going to hear from Colin Peterson. Uh, looks like he's in line to become uh, Chairman of the House Agriculture Committee once again. But let's talk about getting the Farm Bill done this year, now in the lame duck session coming up. That's coming up next as we'll talk with uh, Minnesota Congressman Colin Peterson. Stay with us on AOA. Adams on agriculture. It's not just storing grain, it's storing quality. At FS, quality isn't just a promise, it's a statement. Our grain systems experts stay focused on what's ahead by providing state-of-the-art grain systems that protect grain quality in the bin, along with larger capacity bins that keep us moving forward. We're always looking for ways to optimize operations and ensure our customers are ready for what's next. So visit FSSystem.com and let's get you headed towards your next success. FS, bringing you what's next. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. What if you had a medical emergency away from home? What you need is mobile help, America's premier mobile medical alert system. Most systems only work at home, but with mobile help, you get help outside the home with coverage nationwide on one of the largest cellular networks at the press of a button. I press the button and lo and behold, the emergency came within minutes. Mobile help did save my life. No question about that. Call mobile help now for a free color brochure. We'll send you everything you need, including the base station, the patented mobile device, the waterproof pendant and wrist button. You can also add the fall button that automatically detects falls and signals help. Call today and receive a risk-free 30-day trial. There's no equipment to buy and no long-term contract. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free emergency key box with your plan purchase. Remember, mobile help keeps you safe coast to coast. Call 800-930-6137 now for your free mobile help brochure. That's 800-930-6137. Again, 800-930-6137. 
Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. And welcome back. Broadcasting uh, today and tomorrow from Kansas City, the National Association of Farm Broadcasting 75th Convention. Joining us now is the, let's see, the House Ag Committee Chair-elect, I think is the way we put it. Uh, That is Minnesota Congressman Colin Peterson. Good to have you back with us. And uh, are you looking forward to being the chair of the House Ag Committee again? Uh, Thank you, Mike. And I guess so. We'll see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it certainly won't be new to you. You've you've been there before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, my first thing is uh, getting this farm bill done. You know, that is my only one priority right now. I'm focused on that totally. I'm not worried about anything else and get this thing done. So I, I talked to the secretary on Tuesday night. Uh, I talked to Mr. Conaway yesterday, and uh, we're going to, get together next Monday, uh, Mike and I, and, you know, I, I want to get this thing wrapped up. You know, we've got all of the issues are uh, out there. They're drafted. They're scored. You know, it's just a matter of making the decisions uh, what's going to be in the final bill. And, you know, we need to get this done as soon as possible. How close do you think you are at this point? Well, you know, I think we're close, but I'm not in charge of anything. <laughs> right. Not yet. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, it's, I just think that the things that are being discussed now are kind of relatively small in the whole scheme of things, and I don't see why we can't resolve this. Um, you know, the bigger, you know, that's in conservation and and uh, commodity title and so forth but you know and now with what's happened with the election you know the the uh, leverage whatever leverage they did have on the snap stuff uh, i don't see that they have any leverage anymore really uh and you know the problem has been uh not me the problem has been the how the uh, senate both roberts and stabenow are against what the Republicans put in the House bill, uh, the Senate voted 60 to 30 to 68 against it. That's been, you know, part of the hang-up. And, and you know, we're, I've been telling them for four months, you know, I'm willing to work with them on some of the waiver stuff, but I'm not sure if um, if the Senate is going to be in the mood to do that. So, I, you know, that somewhere or another, that's got to get resolved. Uh, you know, the problem is not that we don't have work requirements. We've had them since 96. The problem is we've given out all these waivers, and it's been given out by Republican and Democrat administrations to Republican and Democrat governors. Uh, so everybody's culpable here, and uh, that's if people aren't working, it's primarily because of that. Other than the SNAP program and the worker requirements, do you feel you're, you have consensus on the other issues, conservation, those other issues? Well, not completely. Uh, still some going back and forth, but I don't think uh, what we're arguing about is worth holding anything up. So I, you know, I've been pushing to try to get this done this week, but you know, um, I don't know. It's just like you know, um, <laughs> trying to push a piece of spaghetti straight up that's <laughs> 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 been cooked. It's, you know. So anyway, it, it's. It's frustrating, and it's not me. Uh, I'm not holding anything up. So, 
Hopefully Do you have meetings set? Done. Do you have meetings set? Do you have a timetable set yet? Well, the, the deal was we were going to try to have this ready by next Wednesday to be voted on. Mm-hmm. That's what we talked about when we left, you know, before the election. Uh, you know, the staff is working on this, and, you know, I've suggested to Mike yesterday that we get together Monday and try to, you know, face-to-face with the staff and try to push this thing through. Uh, but if that's if, if we don't get any place until then, then we're not going to be probably ready to move on it next week. You know, uh, and then if if that's the case, then it's the following week, and, and then you got Thanksgiving, and then, you know, it's just... Right. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, it's I want this done. I don't want this farm bill to be on my plate when I become the chairman. I, I don't want that. I want it done, and the farmers want it done. And so let's do it. Mm-hmm. We're talking with the... Chairman-elect of the House Agriculture Committee, Colin Peterson from Minnesota. So, worst-case scenario, you can't work something out. Then, what do you, do you see? An extension of the current bill? Well, we'll to have that? to. Uh, yeah, we'll have to do an extension at the end of the year. I think uh, uh, there's no question at that point. I mean, uh, right now, uh, the only thing that's held up is CRP and and uh, some of the conservation programs that don't have authorization, so they're shut down. But, you know, this time of year, hardly anybody signs up for those anyway, so it's not a big deal. The commodity title and so forth is, you know, and if the farmers in my part of the world, if they know what it is by January, they're good. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it hasn't been a crisis, but if, uh, if we're not going to get this done by the end of the year, then I think we have to talk about an extension. And if that's the case, you know, an extension is almost as big of a problem as a, is getting the bill done. It's not going to be a slam dunk. There's going to be people bringing things to the table and so forth. Uh, who knows, you know, what it'll get tangled up in. So, um, you know, it's just not a good, you know, nobody's talking. We haven't talked to extensions at all amongst us because none of us want that. Uh, but if that, if worst came to worst, you know, either do that or we're back to 49 law. Right. You know, uh, which I don't think is very workable. (laughs) But, uh, you know. Let's look ahead to another issue uh, after the first of the year, and hopefully you got the farm bill done, and you'll be taking up in Congress the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. Uh, Have you talked with many of your colleagues to get a feel for uh, uh, would they support it or not? I have not. Not really been in a position to really talk to any of them about it. <clears throat> People need to understand that the Ag Committee really has no jurisdiction over this. Uh, this is a ways and means issue in the House. Uh, I understand there's uh, some folks in the uh, with the in the uh, labor and environmental area that are raising questions. I don't know if that's true or not, and how much impact that'll have. All I can, all I can control is myself. Uh, I have looked at it enough to tell you that I'm going to vote for it, and I've told some of our leadership that I'm for it. Like I've told Pelosi, and I've told some others that I think it's uh, you know not a bad deal. I don't think we in agriculture it's no huge win. It's a basically status quo, but at least we didn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. So I can I consider that a win, and um, I intend to vote for it. But um, 
you know, whether it's going to be done or not, I don't know. So beyond Farmville and USMCA, and these are two huge things, obviously, but what else do you see after the first year and, you, and your chairman again? Uh, what do you see the committee working on next year? Uh, I haven't thought about it. You know, I just, as I said, I want to get this bill done, and that's basically the only thing I've been thinking about. Uh, you know, it takes a while to get organized. It's going to take a couple months. Right. Uh, you got to get the committee assignments. Uh, the ag committee is usually the last one that gets the slots filled. So you got that going on. You got to, you know, the way it works, the minority gets a third of the staff, the majority gets two thirds. So there's going to be some switching. So they're going to have to downsize and we're going to have to hire up some people. Uh, you know, we're going to have, a, I assume, a, a fair amount of new members. And all of the new folks are not from the rural uh, areas and not from ag areas, uh, very few of them. Uh, if you look at the map, you can see I'm, my district sticks out like a sore thumb there in the middle of the country. Uh, <laughs> I'm the only one left. Uh, you know, so I've got work to do to get those folks up to speed, uh, to uh, for the new people that don't know me, to get them to know who I am and be willing to work with me. Uh, I have no problem with uh, current members. You know, I think all of them uh, uh, respect me and are willing to work with me and follow my leadership. But there's work to do there. So I, I haven't thought about it. You know, we'll see what, what's on people's minds. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, we got a lot of bright people on the committee, and, uh, you know, I'm going to try to elevate them and get them more involved and get them more up to speed on uh everything uh, because uh, you know I'm 74 years old at some point I'm gonna say this is enough you know <laughs> I'm not saying it today but you know right we need we need to uh, so I'm gonna be inclusive I'm gonna let members have more uh, involvement if you will so try to get them more up to speed on what's going on within the committee well, I always appreciate you taking time to be with us and, and, and keeping us up to date on these important issues and uh, look forward to talking with you and working with you in the future on these on these issues. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Have fun out there in Kansas City. Okay. Thanks a lot. <laughs> the uh, chairman-elect of the House Agriculture Committee, Minnesota Congressman Colin Peterson, really wants to get this farm bill done here before the end of the year. All right. We're going to talk with USDA Undersecretary Bill Northy next on AOA. Some of the best sounds you'll ever hear are generic, safe, effective, even money-saving, just like FDA-approved generic drugs. Even if they don't come in the exact same color or shape as their brand name equivalents, they have the same key ingredients and go through a rigorous review process. Talk to your doctor or pharmacist today and visit FDA.gov slash generic drugs. Generics are safe, effective, and can save you money. You'll like the sound of that. It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes. And you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to, are you? Kids, work, listening to the radio. You're busy, which is great because busy people can't get prediabetes. Oh my, I read that wrong. <laughs> they can. Should have worn my glasses. So visit doihaveprediabetes.org and take a short test because prediabetes can be reversed. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. 
Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. Traders looking ahead to this morning's USDA crop production and supply demand numbers. Analysts surveyed by Reuters on average expect USDA today to trim its estimate of the U.S. soybean yield but raise its forecast of soybean stocks left at the end of the 2018-19 marketing year. Analysts also noting the uncertainty surrounding the U.S.-China trade dispute. The U.S. and China will hold a top-level diplomatic and security dialogue, according to Wire reports. That was supposed to be held back in Beijing in October. They'll give it another try in Washington on Friday amid moves to resolve the damaging trade war. Traders, on average, expect lower crop production numbers later on this morning from USDA. In corn futures, we're trending a penny higher, with December new crop up a penny at 373 and a quarter cent. Soybean futures, January, down two and three quarters, 876 and three quarters. For the wheats, Chicago, December, up two and three quarters, 513. Minneapolis spring wheat, December, up four at 584 and three quarters. Kansas City wheat December. That's up three quarters of a cent at 503. Livestock at the Merck, cattle traders still waiting on widespread cash cattle activity in the south. We've seen bids so far on the week covering right around 112 to 113, asking prices 118. Live cattle December down 30 cents at 115.80. Feeder cattle January down 27 at 145.55. Lean hog futures, December down 72 at 54.80. Broadcasting from the 75th Annual National Association of Farm Broadcasting Convention, I'm Rusty Halverson for the American Ag Network. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive a free DVD and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,000 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with bottles starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-991-5852 for your free DVD and brochure. That's 800-991-5852. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-991-5852 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. And welcome back. We're in Kansas City at the National Association of Farm Broadcasting 75th convention happy to have with us i mean this guy's a rock star all these farm broadcasters are following him around uh bill northy former iowa ag secretary now of course usda undersecretary you're back among friends i am what a what a great crew of folks what a what a great crew of folks yeah uh, it's it's great to be here uh this is a uh, both the collection of great broadcasters that are here, but then all the folks that, that follow broadcasters around, these ag folks that are great friends. So it's great to be face-to-face -face with you, too, Mike. Uh, we, we often talk by phone, and and uh, it's good to be able to 
be face to face and and see each other as it, well. So it is nice you. because you are always on the go. I tell you what, I thought you were busy as Iowa Ag Secretary, but now you're just all over the country. So you stay busy. You know, it is uh, fun to be able to get out. I I knew a little bit around. Iowa agriculture by getting out around the state and realize what I didn't know when you get out. Um, but it's a big country. So um, I, I certainly wasn't aware of how our conservation programs work in in Arizona and New Mexico. And uh, actually, earlier this week, I was in Indiana and Ohio talking water quality. I was yesterday in Pennsylvania at a county office in western Pennsylvania talking about some uh, conservation projects we do there as well as market facilitation and just kind of how we're trying to work together as that farm production and conservation family, NRCS, FSA, and, and RMA, so crop insurance, farm programs, and conservation programs as well. Those are issues that you were heavily involved in in Iowa, so now you kind of, as you said, you get that perspective of other states, and how do we tie all this together? You know, it it is really important. One of the things I think I learned, uh, at least on water quality from Iowa, was that Every state needs its own approach, mm-hmm. and and often from the federal government approach, we we want to come in and we want to say, I'll tell you how you're going to fix it here. And uh, that's not the approach of this administration in general. That's not our approach at USDA. Uh, we need to be supportive of the efforts that are out there in the state. And one of the fun things that we were able to do this week is Anna Wildeman from EPA, Office of Water, uh, responsible for the nutrient approach, mm-hmm. traveled with us. And so it was us together saying, what can we do to help you in Indiana? What can we do to help you in Ohio to be able to address uh, their individual parts of Western Lake Erie Basin, their impact in the Gulf of Mexico, local water concerns as well, often. Uh, that'll involve some regulatory pieces or some 319 or other kinds of programs at EPA. Certainly will involve our NRCS, our Soil and Water Conservation cost share. Um, but it needs to be a different approach depending on what the local uh, interests are, depending on local government engagement, uh, depending on local farm groups and others. Um, and so we're able to try and tailor these programs that are national into what works for a a local area. Well, I think that's important, and I think that's one of the reasons so many people in agriculture were excited that you would finally get confirmed into this position because the approach had been the last few years by the federal government, a very heavy-handed mandate type of approach on a lot of these issues. You coming from the state level and the local level certainly understood that is not the best way to go and that there's a better approach to doing this. So it sounds like you've been able to bring that to USDA and and that's more the approach of this administration. Then It definitely is the approach of the administration and and I would hope I've had some influence, but I tell you, you know, the person that brings that at USDA is Secretary Purdue. He comes at this as a, a governor in Georgia and and we all know that, that um, our federal folks are people that can be very supportive but also can get in the way. And he will often remind us when we get out and talk to folks, ask them what we should do less of as well as what we should do more of um, uh, to be able to let folks work in these local states. You uh, dealt with the issue in the around Des Moines with that waterworks issue. And uh, we know this these kind of issues are going on all over the country. We had here in Kansas City uh, yesterday uh, an announcement that the United Soybean Board, National Pork Board, and National Corn Growers were going to work together on a sustainability project and get the message out about how agriculture is approaching sustainability. I mean, 
we talk trade and we talk all these issues that are very, very important, but we can't lose sight of the fact that what society is expecting of agriculture and how are we going to be able to continue to produce within those expectations or within the parameters that may be set for agriculture from an environmental standpoint. You know, it's huge, Mike, and, and absolutely headlines, because things change, can be trade, and economics is, is important. If you don't have dollars, you can't even invest in water quality, obviously. So economics is important in our farm programs, and market facilitation and other things are important. But uh, that opportunity to be able to make decisions on a farm that have a big impact on profitability for the future as well, depends on how we're able to respond and make improvements in water quality and and some of those local issues out there. Every state has its own politics. We have lawsuits. Um, we have governor's races that have impacts in these um, and, and the way we approach these issues as well. I would argue agriculture is more engaged in having a positive impact in in these local um, environmental conservation issues than it's ever been, just as the announcement yesterday would indicate, um, as our gathering of, of groups in Indiana and Ohio would indicate, you have groups that say we are all in to improve water quality. We understand that our farming practices has an impact. It can have a better impact if we do things in a more positive way. Help us provide the tools, um, provide us some cost share to get it done, uh, and we're going to help our farmers engage on these issues. Are you confident that we're going to get a better Waters of the U.S. rule than the current one? Well, now we have some states under one rule and some states under another rule. It's, It's getting more confusing all the time. The process I know is underway to get a new rule. Are you confident it will be a better rule? I am absolutely 100% confident. Number one, I know the folks that are working on it within EPA, David Ross and and his team and the rest of the USDA team over there, um, they've engaged us um, in the part of that process as well and lots of other players. uh, They are approaching this from the right approach Mm -hmm. uh, that that you need to be within the confines of what the Clean Water Act originally was. This is not about every drop of water that hits the landscape anywhere. Um, And in fact, that's a very a destructive way to be able to approach this. All you're going to do is create lawsuits. You're not going to create improved water quality. Um, so I am very confident that will happen. Um, it sounds like um, it's well along in that process. This, the stuff that, that we've seen little pieces of or, or heard talked about, I think, are very constructive in their approach. Um, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to what that will be. Um, and certainly looking forward to, I'm sure, a very intense, robust conversation about whether it's on the right field of operations uh, that they're going to approach this issue on. We talked earlier in the program with Richard Fordyce, FSA Administrator, about the Market Facilitation Program, and uh, he brought us up to date on that. I know you're very much involved watching that closely, and um, what would your message be to producers out there that still haven't signed up? Uh, what, what would you say to them? You know, they still have time and, and no rush. They had, they have until January 15th to, uh, to get signed up and even longer than that to get their production evidence to us. Um, uh, we want to make sure that, that they understand what it takes. It takes a, a very simple process. I've heard folks that have said it taken 15 minutes. I just actually talked to somebody here who said, after they got their information in, that that within eight working eight total days, 
um, calendar days, they got a check into their home account. Um, and so those payments can get out because it's very simple in the way that we approach this. We're going to have a lot of disagreement of what the numbers ought to be and whether all commodities are covered the way they should be. I'm sure you've heard plenty of that, I've right? heard it, yeah. and, I, and I appreciate that concern. Um, and we'll certainly have those conversations, continue to have those conversations as we go into that next payment. Uh, but the ease of implementation um, has... Uh, in many cases, hit an appropriate tone. So producers in the midst of harvest and all the craziness don't have to take three days of their time to put records together to come in and, and sign up. Uh, they can do it in a very short process. Give us your total bushels. Give us your total inventory of pigs. If you're part of the dairy program, we already have your margin protection numbers. Our, our margin so come on in, get signed up. It will be a fairly quick process. Now we wait and see what round two might be. We are, um, and we should know within a few weeks. Um, we're, our target is still around the 1st of December or that first week of December uh, to be able to know what that payment is. Of course, not a lot has changed since that first. We were sure hopeful that it would. Um, so, so there's probably some similarities with that first piece, but that's not been decided. We've not crunched the numbers yet. But as Richard told us earlier, if you've signed up for the first wave, then you're automatically signed up for the second, right? You don't need to come back in the office again. You don't need to provide us new numbers um, per, because your production is still the same. And we're just looking to pay on the second half of that production. Uh, so all we need to do is get our rate to the producer, um, and then we'll be able to cut a check right away. And hopefully soon we'll get to where that type of program is not needed. We, uh, the secretary certainly has emphasized many times this is not intended for 2019. We intend to have a, a full trading relationship, no impact of tariffs, and hopefully not only can we ship soybeans and sorghum and other products to China, but maybe we can ship corn and beef and rice and mm -hmm. poultry products that right now are held out not because of tariffs, but they're held out because of other restrictions. They're exactly the reasons we need to challenge China uh, to live up to their end of some bargains they've made in the past. We're going to talk about that tomorrow with Ambassador Dowd. It Wonderful. is good to see you, my friend. Thank you so much. Say hi to your parents for me. We'll okay? sure do. Mark. All right. Great to see you. Very good. USDA Undersecretary Bill Northey joining us here at the 75th Convention of the National Association of Farm Broadcasting. Coming up next, the Risk Management Agency Administrator Martin Barbary from Illinois will join us right here on AOA. Stay with us.